Good morning, everyone. Thank you very much. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So first of all, I want to tell MPJ, thank you for reading the profile or for allowing them to record the profile. Confession time, right? So PJ has said his own confession. When I got the profile, hmm, I, I told you. I first read, I was like, ah, uh, uh, only one person. <laughs> I was like, how will I say this one? Ayo has, Ayo has, Ayo has, Ayo has. You've done a lot of things and it's all to the glory of God. We thank God for using you. Honestly, we thank God for using you so far. And it's just the beginning. God is going to still use you more in the life of women. You know, and even in churches as well. And guys, let's also clap and thank God as well for Mary Essie, her husband who is here. Thank you so much, sir, for coming along as well. Um, I'm a big fan. My mom is a robo, so you can imagine like all the songs that she has used on my head literally is from him as well. Um, you're blessed, son. We know that, again, it's just the beginning. God is going to use you as a couple, as individuals, to move his kingdom forward in Jesus' name. It's time for Conversation Cafe! <laughs> okay, so um, let's just pray in Jesus' name. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us all here today. Lord, we ask that your will will be done. Whatever it is that you want us to hear, whatever it is that you want us to take away from this session, Lord, let it be established in the name of Jesus. Give us a word that will help us to overcome different instances in our lives in the name of Jesus. Help us to actually achieve total victory over different things in our lives in the name of Jesus. Take all the glory at the end of the session. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. So this month, we've been talking about total victory, right? Do we all remember? Okay, so and then what we said was, um, because this is Conversation Cafe, as usual, we would have Slido up. So please um, log in and go into this, um, put in different um, topics or anything that you want us to discuss. But before today, we actually um, asked people to share what they would like us to talk about. So um, today, I'm going to um, say what we have. We're going to start with sexual sin, overcoming sexual sin. Hallelujah. <laughs> so a lot of people actually sense that as um, what they would like to overcome. And it's not a joke, actually. I hope that by the end of this session, you know, we start to see um, practical steps that will help us to overcome this. Lost, pornography, masturbation, sex outside marriage. <laughs> Um, the stress of Nigeria. <laughs> Hallelujah. A lot of people are stressed. This country is stressing us. I said us. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that as well. And then we'll also talk about parents. Some people, somebody said, ah, that's a serious thing. <laughs> so parents, um, I think this one, we'll just thread carefully, but I still want us to hit the nail on the head, right? Okay, so, hi, Aya. Hello. So, out of all these three, parents, sexual sin, stress of the country, um, which one would you like us to take first? And is there anyone that you struggled with, and how did you overcome them? I think, good morning, everyone. Let me start by saying good morning to everyone. Thank you so much. I want to really thank Pastor Joseph 
aka PJ. And that PJ is prophetic because we'll enter your PJ too by the grace of God. <laughs> I really, really want to thank you. Let me, let me stand and really honor you. Thank you so much for the invitation. God bless you. I'm really grateful. Thank you. Please, can we celebrate PJ? God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Obviously, obviously you are loved and celebrated. Thank you for this invitation. Um, I'll, I'll just um, really thank him and God bless you. God bless you. So thank you. PJ has been very supportive. Um, I will not forget that you and the Treasure Hill supported us during the live recording. I'm sure you'd even have forgotten during the Spirit and Life live recording. God bless you. I've never had the opportunity to publicly thank and honor you for that. So I really thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. He's very generous, as I'm sure some of you know by now. He's a very generous pastor. I pray that he would be generous enough because there's one prayer point that we all have been praying for him. And I know that. You know, I cannot come to your church and not mention that. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, when PJ said conversation cafe, I had no, I, I can't, I have no recollection of this conversation. I remember the meeting, but again, I just, you know, I was just thanking God. So I really thank you. Sometimes you would say things and I pray that in the name of Jesus, you will make impact that you wouldn't even be aware of. You will leave um, your mark on the sands of time. And in some places, you, you know, someone said that a good prayer is that may you leave marks that you cannot even count because it's so, there's so many. So thank you so much for that. Uh, really grateful. And of course, I have to go on, Phoebe, I'm sorry, my husband, everyone has celebrated him, but I want to personally celebrate him. Thank you so much. Minister Myra Essay for coming along. You know, it's like PJ said, it's not all the time. Your support is invaluable. It makes me feel more ginger to come, you know, and I have more confidence. So thank you so much. Please celebrate my husband. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so now I'll come to your question. Thank you, Phoebe. You know, my interactions with you have just been beautiful. Phoebe is my sister. Um, she's, her sisters are my sister, so by, I'm meeting her for the first time, but Becky, baby, is um, Becky's sister. Becky, Larissa Mujia. Okay, so um, in terms of the question, I think we should go to the heavy one first so that even if we don't have time, because I think sexual, sexual struggles is a very important thing. And in terms of have I had any struggle with any of them, I think anyone who has blood flowing in their veins and is a human being must have had sexual struggles at some point in their lives, no matter how holy the person looks like. No matter how anointed the person is. In fact, sometimes the more the anointing, the more the struggle. <laughs> because the enemy really wants to deal with you and wants to, um, um, and wants to, uh, and wants to affect your destiny. Also, um, some people might not show it. Some people might have led a disciplined life. Some people will tell you, okay, I got married as a virgin. And you think, ah, oh, it's because you don't have struggles. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Every single person has a struggle. Even Jesus, because the Bible says that he was here as man. He wasn't here as God. He came because he felt the same pains that we felt. He had the same emotions that we felt. So don't think that he was an extraordinary, well, he is an extraordinary person. But every one of us are extraordinary because we bear the DNA of Christ. And so every single human being 
including Apostle Joshua Selman, has sexual struggles. I am painting this picture so that you don't think that some people have a special grace for handling it, so your own is just different. Or, oh, you people, your own, you know, you're prayer warriors, so that's why you're different. Every human being, it is a biological emotion. There's actually nothing wrong with having sexual urges. It is what you do with it at what time in your life that matters. Do you understand? Am I speaking to someone here this, uh, this morning? So both men and women, every human, even animals have sexual <laughs> struggles. Do you understand? And we are higher animals. So I just wanted to set that foundation. So maybe we can, we can start with that and then progress to the other, other ones. Is that okay? Remember our code. I thought by now we'll be clicking all the way because <laughs> that's such a beautiful way to start. So yes, yeah, so like we said, so every single person, just like she said, every single person will have that urge. You know, so the next point is how do we actually overcome that? So should we talk about that or should we speak about the other ones first as well? Okay, we can start with that. So how do we overcome sexual urges, how do we, so we're going to make it very interactive, actually. So I know we normally have the question and answer coming from the stage, but this time around, I'll be nominating, I'll be sharing the mic round, I'll be passing the mic, I'll be calling on people's names as well to come and explain as well. So um, um, I think for me, um, let's start with, so what, what is here is lust, pornography, masturbation, and sex outside marriage. Um, should we start with lust? I'll take, um, I'll take lust and sex outside marriage, first of all, and then we progress to the other. The foundation I hope I lay for one would help to, um, you know, help with the others. And I'll be very practical because we, I mean, I'll share, because um, as Christians, our practical life is intertwined with the scriptures. So I won't apologize for using scriptures because that is the life that we know by God's grace. And if you don't know that life, I hope that by the end of today's service, you would make a decision to embrace that life. So, um, fornication and adultery. In fact, thank God my husband must give the mic to my husband, though, because he's, he will speak from a man's perspective and the struggles that he had as a single man, you know, before marriage. And, and maybe that's how, how he helped him post. So I'm putting him on the spot. You see, God brought you here. So, so the first thing I would say is that um, I used to write a blog when I was single called One Plus The One. I really want to go back to blogging because it really helped me. And the reason why I did that was because I wanted to document my life, you know, whilst waiting. <laughs> now I, no, the invitation is for one. <laughs> the invitation is for one. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry, he'll speak. He's very passionate about this, and I think he even has more in terms of this especially to speak to the men. I think it would be really important from a man's perspective. So you would see, if I'm speaking, you say, it's because you're a woman, it's not the same thing. But when you hear it from him, maybe it would hit home more. But let me set the foundation. And so the reason why I did that was because I wanted to document, like I mentioned, go, you know, get it. I got married at the age of 31, going to 32. So at that point, I thought I was going to get married at 23. I wanted to get married at 23. So imagine how many years of waiting, 10 years or nine to 10 years of every year, this is your year, every year, this is your year, every year, this is your year, and it wasn't actually quite my year. My year. There was one um, article I wrote, and I'll share it with you, because one of the things I would say with regards to dealing with lust, practically, is know yourself. 
I don't think there's a blanket answer for everyone. So how do you practically deal? So I thank God I've settled the fact that we all have urges, and it's not a bad thing. However, the Bible makes us to understand that sex was created for marriage. So we wait to get married as believers. Again, don't forget that we are not, we don't live by the standard of the world. Now, before I even go into why, um, um, into the practicalities, let me tell you why it is important beyond. So when God gives an instruction, he doesn't give an instruction because he wants to harm you or he wants to prevent you from pleasure. If that were the case, he wouldn't create sex. Sex is not the devil's idea. God wants you and me to have pleasure. He wants that. But there are principles for things in life. If you have a child or if you know a child, you would see certain things that the child wants to do now. You wouldn't give a toddler a key to drive your car, would you? Because, but in the eyes of the toddler, it's think, he's thinking, but you're driving. You're being wicked to me. Why are you not allowing me? But you know that that is not yet the stage and season. It will come. And when you drive so much, you'll be tired of driving. Like, you know, I remember when I, I, I started driving a bit later in life. And now he's like, I need a driver. You know, when I, then if you want to go anywhere, let me take you there. Let me take you there. So that is how life, life is in stages. So God is not preventing you from doing something that is nice. He's preventing you from attracting things that would disturb your destiny. God is interested in your purpose. God is interested in you fulfilling your destiny. And there are certain things that affect that. The physical aspect of the things that when you are physically, when you're sexually active with your partner, it blinds you for many things. It's a big distraction, especially in relationships. It's a great foundation for a bad marriage. It's a great foundation for a bad life. And for a number of women, you would agree with me that there are certain ties and certain difficulties you have when you have, um, you know, when you have sexual, when you're sexually attached to someone, you, are, you find it difficult to separate from the person. It is almost like a bondage. Do you understand? So why would a father who loves you so much want to see you enter that kind of bondage and let you be? He gives rules. He gives, um, um, you know, these instructions for our own benefit. So let's settle that. Everything that God gives is out of love. There's nothing he's doing to make you, to prove to you that, okay, I want to show you that you are God, so don't sleep with somebody. I want to prove to you, don't do this. No, it's because he loves you. Your destiny. I have met men who said, and if they are being honest with themselves, that the first time, like Christian men, because as a Christian, you, you're a bit more spiritually sensitive. When you're not a Christian, you don't, anything goes, anything is passing, you're not aware. And I spoke to a guy, and, and I, I think more than one guy, and they said that they knew that something left them the first time they had sex. It's beyond, we can talk about STDs, we can talk about, you know, um, you know, it is what you lose, the value, the essence of you that you lose that should be precious to your soul. The Bible says, don't you know that when you join yourself with a harlot, you become one with that person. That is why when you get married, you and your spouse become one. Imagine how many people, you don't know their family generation, you don't know what is disturbing them in their history, you just join yourself and carry carry from here, carry from there, then you are wondering why your life is not settled. Then you are wondering why you are not moving forward. There are certain things you need to cut off and your prayer, like your prayer points will reduce. It's because you are carrying so much weight. There's pleasure at the end of the tunnel. Can you just endure to get there? I want to explain to you why it is important. And I'm not just speaking to women, to men as well. Because we don't know, we think it is you will get pregnant. Pregnancy is the least of your worries for sexual sin. It is the demons that you carry. It is the problems of the next person that you carry. There's some people here, you know that there's certain things that are still happening to you after you slept with one person. 
there are certain things, behavior, you can trace certain things in your life, whether illness, sickness, behavioral patterns, to the day that you slept with someone, if you think about it. You probably never had the opportunity to sit and evaluate that, oh, ever since I started with this particular one, I started manifesting certain things. I started having certain kinds of sicknesses, diseases. You don't need that. Now, how? I say that be real with yourself. Nobody can be real with you like yourself. So personally, how I dealt with it before I got married, by the grace of God, was that I was, I used to say that I was militant. My destiny was too important to me that I stood guard by the grace of God over it. So anything that would, I knew I had, I have a future, there's a calling of God. And when I say calling of God upon your life, don't think it's to hold a mic and preach. Some of you are meant to be the next Mark Zuckerbergs. You're meant to, you're meant to establish, establish organizations and technologies that the world needs. But you are selling it on the altar of sex for two minutes of pleasure. And you would never know what you have lost until the last day when you come to before God. And God shows you what you would have been and then what you lost. Your future, your life is too important for you to sell it. And I'll give you an example. I'm sorry I'm taking um, a while. How many of us know the story of Jacob and Esau? Every time you want to sleep with somebody, I want you to remember that story. Jacob came, I mean, Esau came, he was very hungry. And um, Jacob was cooking. And he said, please give me porridge or I die. And he said, okay, if you sell me your birthright. He said, anything, take it, take it, take it. I just need to eat right now. Do you think if he didn't eat then he was going to die? Of course not. If he had waited a little longer, which one? Birthright. It was later he saw that his brother usurped him. He traded his destiny as firstborn for a moment of pleasure, food. That is how many of us transact our destiny for two minutes of pleasure to make us feel a bit better, to release just now. I will die if I don't sleep with this woman. Oh my goodness, the blood has flowed. Nothing will stop me now. And you trade it. It's weird that we look at him and we think, what a foolish decision. Yet many of us make those foolish decisions every single day. How important is your destiny? How important is your life? Do you know you, have, you might be the savior that God has appointed for your family? Do you know you might be the difference that God has appointed for your generation? And because of one minute of pleasure, two minutes of pleasure, or so that they will not say that you're a prude, or so they will not say that I don't love you anymore. Let him keep his love. Let her keep her love. You face your destiny at the right time. God will bring the perfect match for you. So, how do you do it? Now you understand the importance. Is that you know your triggers. You know whenever you sleep over at his or her house, something is bound to happen. You know when you listen to a particular song, something is bound to happen. Don't joke with the power of music. I know because there was one day me and one guy were just chilling and all that. And song was just, my body was just doing somehow. <laughs> and some of them, they do it on purpose. They just R and B, they just do a perfect selection. Some people have a selection of get it on. And you, you know your treasure. What will you do? I mean, you know your, um, you know your trigger point. What will you do? Like Joseph, you carry your load and run. You don't wait and be thinking, let me hear the next song if it will really do it for me. No, no, let me hear this. Before you know it, the next song is kissing your neck. You're like, stop it, stop it. I like it. You run away. So for some people, it's what you listen to. Some people, some people your gateways, your eyes, what you watch. I might watch something and it may not do anything to me. 
you will watch the same thing. It will do something to you. My sister, my brother, your destiny. Every time, let somebody be destiny, 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 purpose, purpose, purpose. Run. So I say that you know your trigger points. For some people, they always ask the question, oh, how far is too far in a relationship? Should I kiss? Should I hug? You know. You know. It always starts. It never starts with full-blown action. It starts from somewhere. You know your limits. Nobody in this room and in this world knows you like you know yourself. For some people, it is conversations. You know that late night conversations mess with your metabolism. You know it. Nobody can tell you. What you then need is the self-discipline to say no. So what a lot of people actually lack is the self-discipline to cut it off before it progresses to something worse. I don't used to joke, oh. And by the grace of God, what helped me as a single woman has helped me or is helping me in marriage. Because the sexual urges don't stop when you get married. And sometimes, because you're used to having it in different ways, one person will not really quite do it for you. So you're not only setting up yourself for destruction in terms of destiny, even your marriage, even your home. Do you understand? So understand your trigger points. Have accountability partners. That is very very, that's helped me a lot as well. I have, and, and, and you know, one of the, the groups, one of the groups I work with, that's one of the things we're very passionate about. People that we can be open and vulnerable with. You will call her and say, man, he's doing me, tell me not to go to his house. Please tell me not to go to her house. You'll be telling the person, and there are some friends that will physically come to your house to stop you. Or they will call you, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Go home now. I'm on the phone until you go home. No, now. When you don't help yourself is when you see the call, you switch off the phone. So the Holy Spirit is helping you. Do you understand? I'm, I, I cannot exhaust all the ways that you can practically help yourself. I don't want to just say, oh, because it's but practical things. And because you know the worth of what you're doing. And because you know that it's just a temporary temporary um, um, te temporary withdrawal. There'll be a time you can have it morning, afternoon, night, season in, season out. It's all yours. And you do it with Peace of mind, nothing you know, in your mind. So I think that's really important. I hope I've just, and just to mention the things, there are other things. So I think the assignment I'll give everyone is think about yourself and think about your trigger points. First of all is, is your life important enough for you to make certain decisions? Because trust me, we can't preach and preach, but until you come to a decision, nothing will happen. Is your life important enough for you to make this sacrifice? Is your destiny, if your destiny is not important, if you're going to hell, that's up to you. You are the one that God cannot, God did not force you to give your life to Christ. He can't force you not to have sex. Do you understand? So think about it. How important is your destiny? Is it worth it? And then if it's worth it, what are you willing to sacrifice to ensure that you do it? Amen. Sorry, Praise just, God. Sorry, I just want to quickly do this. Um, someone online, Pastor Bosse and some people just sent a message that since we got two for the price of one, that um, we bring a chair to the stage in case. <laughs> you can't say that. You people will not make my husband be going with me. <laughs> you can't say that a, a music minister is shy. Somebody that if you give him a mic anywhere, he will, he will sing it to it. No, ah, what God has joined together. <laughs> Please celebrate him as he comes. Please, let's keep clapping.
Thank you, sir. Praise God. Jesus is around. I feel it. I feel the anointing. <laughs> okay. Hallelujah. Okay, so um, I just wanted to bring out some, just to reiterate some points that um, I mentioned. It's very important. And while you were speaking, the Bible verse that says that you should flee from all appearances of evil came to my mind. And everyone knows my husband here, right? So that's one thing he also says to young people. The Bible did not say flee from evil. Flee from the appearance, the, sh the shadow, the evil has not arrived. Flee from the thoughts before it arrives. Before it, it should not even arrive, just start running. And we can take um, lesson lessons from Joseph as well. Joseph did not say, I'm not going to sin against my master, Pharaoh. Joseph said, I'm not going to sin against God. That's how serious his destiny was to him. He already saw it. He had a dream. And most of us have not had dreams here. But at least we know what God has said about us in the Bible, in Scripture, right? So we need to make sure that we flee, we run. So when the thoughts come, know your triggers, those things that you see. Those th and she mentioned gateways as well. So your gateway, your, your eyes, for some people, is your eyes. And that's where lust comes into play. Um, PJ mentioned something last Sunday where he said that, um, there's somebody that was, that is, who was here last Sunday? <laughs> you, you already get the point. So he was saying that there's someone that used to hug him, like, from the front. And I'm just like, this is evil. <laughs> this is an appearance of evil. <laughs> and then he started doing side hugs, right? So literally know your triggers and actually stop it. I think that it's the, it's how we make it trivial. How we think, oh, we can do it. You can't do it though, like, the Bible says that you should not think that you're stronger than you actually are, I'm just paraphrasing, but, you know, it's something about, um, think, I don't know how they say it in KJV version, but that's my version, don't think that you are actually as strong, like, you're not as strong as you think that you are, I think it's Paul that said this, so don't think that you go into his house, you'll be playing this song, blue light, blue light is an appearance of evil, <laughs> blue light, red light, green light, is an appearance of evil. Please take this home. When you just see that it's not normal, Bob, run. <laughs> run, please. And actually, like, we're laughing, but actually run. Do you understand? Actually take your shoes and leave. Like, you, you, like she said, and it's so true. You'll be thinking, ah, hey, I need to go, I need to go. Okay, he's just touching my hand. He's just... I'm going to share an example, yeah? I was going to, while I was... I was Dating someone. But we're not even really dating. I don't know what boy was doing. But <laughs> he, was, he was asking me out, right? He, so he used to stay at Port Harcourt. So he came to Lagos. He didn't have a house in Lagos. So I was going to see him and he said he's lodged in a hotel. So my man, I said, okay, God, I need you and a few, maybe like two angels. <laughs> Just two angels to go with me. And we got there. I said we because I was with angels. I'm not lying. I, I prayed. So hotel, I already knew this was, I don't know, I was just, it's not normal, right? I was just already praying. I said, okay, I'm downstairs. So I'm in room. Just, I said, ah, I'm downstairs. He said, I'm in room. Four, let's just say 441. Ah, room 441, okay. I'm downstairs. Let's discuss downstairs now. He said, no, no, it's fine. You can come upstairs. Me so I carried my two legs. <laughs> I went to the room, 44 something. And as, this is true life story. This happened to me. I opened the door, he opened the door, and he was in boxers. So, like you said, at that point, I should have actually closed the door and run. I'm sure my angels were already dragging me back, but no. <laughs> I went. And guess what? 
When I entered the room, he actually had pornographic content on the TV. Yeah, so he had already plugged it in, ready to go down. And at that, that I, like, guys, I never knew I could run. Whoa, I ran. <laughs> I ran. I ran. And that was, I didn't even, you don't need to apologize. I'm not upset. He was angry. I, he was apologizing. I was angry. He was apologizing. No, no. Why are you? <laughs> We're not fighting. That's just the end. Don't apologize. Because when you start apologizing, you know, I say, oh, eh, don't worry. Next. I didn't want to hear anything. That was it. I blocked his number. I don't know where he is today. I don't know. If, I don't even know if he's alive. I don't care. But that was it. So let's actually run. Yeah. Do you understand? Let's actually leave. And guess what? When it comes to masturbation, it's just you, right? So how do we then handle that? Because you can't run away from yourself, right? So I, I, I hope we've taken the point of, yeah? Have we? Okay. So maybe we can then go into okay, masturbation. Me, can I? Hi, hi guys. <laughs> Thank you, PJ, for, for, setup. Yeah, for the setup. <laughs> and then Phoebe, it's good to meet you. Your sister is, I love your sister so much. And your parents, you know, they, they supported me many years ago. You know, but I, I also want to bring a different angle to this. And the angle is, my wife has been thinking a lot about destiny, destiny. The angle I want to bring to is, is obedience, right? Now, our walk with God, everything we do in life, everything you can sum it all to be obedience, what God is looking for from us, obedience. The Bible says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If you know what that means, that means as we live our life, Jesus said in John 6, I think 63, that the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Meaning that the life that we live now is a spiritual life. Do you understand? So if you live by the spirit, hmm, by the Spirit of God, then you will live life as life is meant to live, as God ordained it to be. Now, what, what sexual sin does to you is that it breaks the channel of your spirit. You know that song that Dusin sang? The channel of your spirit. Because once that is broken, you cannot hear God to live life. To know the direction for life. Because you don't hear God once and that's it. No. It's every word that proceeds. It's a constant thing. You must hear God always. And while my wife was speaking, as I sat there, the Holy Spirit flashed a story in my head. I think it was that the Geo that sent that Pastor Deboye that, you know, shared that story. There's a lady, very flamboyant in dressing. Very, very flamboyant. When you see her like this, bang, bang, bang. One day, as she was going to work, she got, she wanted to continue her dressing, but she heard the voice of the Lord toned down today. Toned down. She moved again. She heard it toned down today. And she actually did and went to the office. Unknown to her, there was a bounty on her head. From people had sent, someone had sent assassins to her 
and they gave the picture of the lady. When the assassins saw it, ah, flamboyant lady, they got to the office. They looked at the person and said, it's not this woman. Not this. Meanwhile, it's the same woman, but she just toned down that day because she heard God. So in life, you must hear God at every point in life for decisions that you make, for the school you go to, who to marry, where to go and minister if you are a minister, and all of those things. But what sexual sin does is it just truncates that channel. And from that very beginning, you can make a mistake that will just ruin your life completely. So you find that some people never actually achieve what they are meant to achieve in life because of that. I mean, this, this is delicate. God forgives. And there are sometimes you, some people experience what I call special mercy. Mm? But for a lot of the people, once that sexual sin happens, you can never attain certain things. The way my friend Nathanabasi puts it is this way. He says, there are certain assignments mm, that if you see the U.S., for instance, there are maybe traffic water. You know traffic water in Lagos? They just direct traffic like LASMA, right? There is a training for LASMA. Mm. There is a training. You know special forces? Those ones that they send to Afghanistan, just go and take out this man. Their own training, you know, is different. So when you truncate your destiny by sexual sin, mm, you cannot qualify for special forces. And special forces are backed up by the government. Do you understand? So that's what happens. Then you now become last man instead of special forces. Thank you so much. Please, please. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that is so... Thank you for that visual representation. Now going to the... <laughs> May we not be last man Amen. instead of a special force in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. But it's not by shouting amen, no. I hope you know it's not by shouting amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for that. To the masturbation question. Um, you know, and, and there's a debate around is masturbation is sin because you're not doing it with anyone. You're just, it's just by yourself. So some people use it. A number of Christians I've seen use it as a compensation. At least I'm not fornicating in quotes. However, masturbation, the Bible says that, um, you know, in the, law, in the days of the law, it was fornication. When Jesus came, even though he abolished the law, he said, even if you look at a woman lustfully, you have committed the sin. So now sin is in your mind. And you cannot commit the act of masturbation without something going on through your mind. You have to have a visual representation you have to, some people would um, watch pornography. Some people would just think of an image and pleasure themselves. You, so even if it's not with a second party, you are already thinking it, so you've already done it. So before heaven and earth, you are, you know, you're, you're guilty of sexual sin. Now, how do you um, help yourself? Because you can't run away from yourself. I think this is the part where... Um, the gateways come into play very importantly. And you know the things that begin to form those things in your mind. You know, um, you, when you, I remember my husband when we were single, there are certain things he would, he would, he knew his points of, I think I'm feeling this way, so I have to quickly reset. So sometimes it may come from maybe you are 
you're not, um, for those who are usually praying at that point, you're a bit slack, and so things can quickly enter, the hedge is broken. For some people, it's when you are tired, you know that the, when you're really tired, you just have, you want to release, you want to just get some, something in your mind. So you make sure that you avoid those things. For some people, it is when you're hanging with certain kinds of people and you have certain kinds of conversation, you just want to go into your room and just do certain things. So again, when it's just you and yourself. And that's why for sexual sin, including masturbation, it's often things that you do when no one is looking. So it's a test of integrity as well. It's no longer about you because no matter what, your life is not your own anymore. You have, even if you are physically alone, like uh, Phoebe was saying, you have eyes that you cannot see that are on you. And that's, those are the eyes that matter the most. I can judge you, etc., but if God forgives you, who am I? But if, you know, you're accountable to him and he's seen what you're doing, then, you know. So I would say that for that, it's not now, before, you flee, you still flee because you flee certain things that you see or hear. You flee certain activities or things. So please know yourself. I, I was talking about schools, school of disciples. One of the things they taught us in terms of spiritual warfare is know yourself. Know you. What are you? Who are you? What he's dealing with is not what I'm dealing with. What Phoebe's dealing with. In fact, Phoebe might watch, um, what's it, Bridgerton, and nothing's happening to her. Although, I mean, that's, that's a story, because someone talked about movies. You might watch something, and me, I'll just watch a series where somebody kissed somebody. My heart is, my I'm on fire. If your trigger is simple kissing, don't say, I am, but every other human being is normal. You, you are not normal. You are different. Please don't watch it. Don't wait and say because, um, but I don't want them to feel like I'm a, I'm a baller. You know, that's olden days. I'm sure this age, they don't use baller again. That's why I can remember. But I'm, I'm, I'm not woke. Don't be woke. Be asleep. <laughs> but, you know, so I, I think that, that's so important to know that it's you. It's an individual thing. So there's certain things I won't watch. There's certain songs I don't listen to. And I don't, my, my yardstick is not based on the next person's own because we are too, the way your DNA is different, your, your reactions are very different. Praise God. Praise God. And I think um, just to borrow from um, what someone also told me, my husband actually was counseling someone, and he said, you can flee from yourself. If you are so addicted to masturbating, you can stand up and run away. Because we most people, I mean, masturbating in private places, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like he said. So when you feel that way, you can stand up and go and meet the public. Go out. <laughs> go everywhere that other people are. You can actually flee from yourself. And if there's someone that is actually struggling with it, try it, stand up, and go and meet other people. Go to the dining table where your family members are and go and read. And I'm not even trying to spiritualize things like, okay, go and read your Bible when you feel that way. But actually just go and be around people. You realize that the one minute urge will go down in what, 20 seconds. So actually practicalize it. Praise God. Okay, so um, someone... Okay, we'll just go to the questions before we go to the next topics. Okay, which one is worse, fornication or adultery? Babe, ah, don't answer this one. I, I, sin is sin, no. I hope you know that. Sin is sin. Although the Bible does say that um, sexual sin, why it's so um, strong is because it is sin against your body. So that is why it's so, you know, it's so deep, and we talk about it a bit more. And there are many things, you know, a number of things you do it by yourself. You lie, you forget. But sexual sin, you know, there are many things that you, you receive and give from there. 
So in terms of fornication and adultery, I think there's both sexual sin. I do recall, though, that I'd heard about adultery because you're in covenant with somebody. You know, because you're in covenant with someone, it's a breaking of covenant as well. Do you understand? It's a breaking of covenant. It is um, an introduction of something else into a sacred covenant. You and your partner are once you're breaking that. However, fornication often leads, is a, young, is a cousin to adultery. So it is more difficult for you, you know, if you already, if you've lived a life fornicating or sleeping around before you got married, to be able to discipline yourself when you get into marriage. So they're in the same, they're family members. So if you call family meeting, they will both come. <laughs> okay, I have a question for you guys. If you fornicate, will you be last mile special forces? <laughs> if you are, if you, if you are in adultery, Will you be last man or special forces? Freezing <laughs> uh, water. Boy Scout. <laughs> so, I mean, you get the point already. It's sin, sin is sin. There's no, there's no need trying to say, oh, okay, can I do this one? Can I not do this one? There's, sin is sin. Both of them break your channel, the channel of your spirit, communication, communicating with God. Sorry, let me just add to it. Okay, so... Um, I'm suspecting that the person asking this question is not married as well. So, um, so my thought process is that, you know, I'm so used to asking close friends who are married, probably the ones I know are very, were wayward before they got married. <laughs> so I ask them maybe after a year or two, that, how is it going? And you really see them. Usually, one thing they all have in common is you first take a very deep breath and tell you that you are lucky. I am not married. You have so much time to, you know, take care of your baggages. Where I'm going with this is that. You cannot discipline yourself as someone as as a single brother or sister. There's no there's every likelihood that you will not be able to discipline yourself as a married man. You know why? Because I've seen married people trying to justify adultery, and if you trace everything back, it justify that uh, I don't want to suffer from malnutrition. I can't be eating rice, 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 rice every day. I need balanced diet. I need to, you know, spice things up. But if you trace it back, it, you can trace it back to when they were single. Somebody who couldn't even keep one girlfriend. Somebody who had... I've seen a lady, send, she sent me five names. I said, I should pray. And I'm like, only you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, and I'm like, uh, and I'm like, only you. I mean, I'm not a prayer contractor. But I don't, I don't think I have that energy. But you know, I'm sure you get my message. If as someone who is not married, you cannot come to that point where you can discipline yourself. There's every likelihood that so from fornication it will graduate to, and also like I will also always say to people, and which they've mentioned. It is men that classify sins. 
just to for the sole purpose of trying to make excuses for themselves. That um, I only stole. I didn't kill somebody. But God said, don't steal. And God said, don't kill. So if you fornicated, you have committed the sin. If you committed adultery, you have equally committed a sin. So two things. If you, your single life, try and um, as much as possible, um, you know, work on yourself as much as you can. Because if you cannot at that level, marriage, wait, there's every likelihood that when you get married, you may not be able to. God bless you. Absolutely. Thank you, PJ. Um, I think we've answered this question, right? Should we stop watching American movies too because of how they portray sex? We've answered it. We have, right? Yeah, I think she, she okay. has. Okay. I mean, you just know what to do. Like she said, whatever it is that triggers you, yeah. just leave it. You know, all those ones with unnecessary... There are some that maybe... It's just a little part in it. You get there and you are with people. Forward it. The one that you cannot watch where people are, you are feeling somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, um, I think once my wife and I and um, Nathaniel and his wife, we went to see a movie. Just, let's just hang out. You know, not every time ministering, ministering. And then we got to the movie. I, somehow, I think they did, the ladies didn't check the trailer or anything. And then we got to the movie and so all of us were like, so Nathaniel looked at the ladies and said, you are doing this. Are you not there now watching? So he said we should come and watch. Do you understand? So just sometimes check the trailers. You will know some, like if you check Netflix, they write the stuff there. Sex, this, that, that. Know that you are, don't go there at all. There's no need. Praise God. Okay. Um, we have a few minutes more, so we'll just go through these. Okay, someone wants to say something in the audience. How do you balance um, medical research and biblical research in case of masturbation? Because I, I feel... Okay, Please go ahead, that's a very good question. Because I feel uh, most times, once you go to the hospital to um, maybe complain about something within sex region, they would ask you to bring your sperm. And it requires, like if you're single, it requires you waiting. So how do you balance those two? Yeah, but I mean, it's a good question, right? But when they, you go to the hospital and they ask you to bring your sperm, it's one time now. Is it every... No, no, I'm trying to understand, though. Yeah, because, because, because... When they sometimes it happens with um, um, couples, maybe you are trying to trying for a child and nothing is happening. So sometimes you are required as a man to bring your sperm, and you know. In fact, sometimes they advise the your wife to okay, you help him. Do you understand? In fact, they do that. Let the wife help you so that you are not the one masturbating. Do you understand? Especially if you are not prone to that. It's not everyone that is prone to that. So for some people. You do what you have to do. You bring it out, take it to them. And it's one time or two times that they ask you. So it's not a regular thing in that case. Do you, does it? 
Okay, another, no. another thing I, I also want us to avoid doing is to be legalistic about sin. So we want to legislate. Okay, let's come to the table now. This is sin, this is not sin. The Bible talks about your motive and your heart. The state of your heart and your motive. If something is for medical reasons, of course your heart is pure towards that. You're not doing it with intention of sin. However, so, so I think so that if you have that basis, we are not here thinking, okay, um, this is sin, this is not Do you understand what I'm saying? We are not here to try and say, okay, uh, let's bring this one. Because there are, there are often exceptions to the rules. Do you understand? David ate shoe bread, which was a holy bread. If you ate it, you had sinned. But intention and the state of your heart is very key when it comes to these matters. So ask yourself. I don't think, and even if you ask yourself, if, if rapture, if they, um, <laughs> except you're doing it out of the will of God. You know, that's what I, that's what I would say to that. So that should also be another Praise uh, God. I hope we, um, we've answered your question. Thank you so much. That was a good question. So it's not a sin as far as the motive is um, medically inclined. Yes, for couples. couples Paul said, All things are lawful, not all things are expedient. So even you, you look at, there are some career paths you will not take because you know it affects your salvation. So if you know that you need money and it will be requiring that you are doing, ah, uh, uh, brother, even you, you say that let God provide another source of income. <laughs> Praise God. Okay, so, um, I don't know, Stanley, can we just regulate to just these four questions so that we can move to the next topics? We'll just take these four. Is masturbation okay in marriage if it is your spouse you are fantasizing about? So let, let me say something about, and that's why, and I hope I answered even in the previous one about, because I know that this will not happen. Okay, what if this scenario, what if let us legalize, you know, um, responses and sin. The truth is that, and, and for, a no, for a number of married couples, you will see the reason why, and again, I'll go back to what Paul said about all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. The reason why you would advise not to, I work with women, married women, I would see cases, and we talk about sex quite often, you know, because it's, we're married, we can talk about it. Well, one of the things we realize is that when you start to introduce things like this, masturbation, toys, and all that, they replace the intimacy. So let's go back to why sex was created. Sex was created for, to build intimacy, because at that point, yeah, for fellowship, you become one with your spouse. It was also created, of course, for procreation, so that life can continue. If you are doing it all by yourself, you are not actually fulfilling the purpose for which it was created in the first place because there's no intimacy being built with your wife because two of you have to come together. Of course, someone had, um, ha has asked a question about long periods of time. If you were single for a long period of time, is it six, seven months that would kill you without sex? Do you understand? There are certain things that we make such a big deal and yeah, I'll just die. It's six or seven months. What if the person was ill? What if the person had to, for medical reasons, pregnant and you cannot do it? Will you die? Will you go and meet somebody else? Of course, you hold yourself. And Paul said, let every man possess his possession. You have authority over your possession. Possess it now. It's not the one that should possess you. So in terms of um, you know, masturbation being okay, 
It is the long-term effect of it and its effect on your marriage. After a while, what you and your wife share will no longer be enough for you. you so you, you now start to replace the actual thing with self-pleasure. And that goes against every principle of marriage. Marriage is selfless. It's about giving both ways. So if it's just about you, there's a problem. Also, the, the, please also note that sex is more amplified when you are single. I promise you, ask married people. When you get in, it doesn't do you as it was doing you when you were single. Trust me. Because you have your spouse, right? Sometimes you can go for two weeks, three weeks. There are other things you people are thinking about. You are thinking about life. You are thinking about children. You are thinking about projects, right? So, so sometimes, no, no. I know you may not believe it now. But when you get married, so perhaps the thought... Speak, uh, hearing from a married person will help you understand that. It is when you are single, it's, uh, ah, this thing is, ah, no, this. It's not like that in marriage. Trust me. Even with people who have uh, higher libidos and all of that, it's not like that in marriage. So take note of that. You can't have sex all the time. There are other things to do in life. Do you understand? <laughs> and also take note, please. One of the things I think may help as a single because if some of us had this, some people had this when they were single, it will help. She talked about them ladies, right? So if you have groups, some, uh, a group of men who talk about their urges, their experiences, they shared, ah, guys, get the way body they do me, oh, this, that, that. Ah. I mean, believe us, oh, not, uh, don't not be unequally yoked, oh. So you share it there. They will encourage you. Ah, me too, I feel this way, but... Boy, when the thing come like this, now so I run. No. When you are hearing things like that from believers, because sometimes believers go through their own struggles and there's nobody there to help them, guide them, and let them know that you are okay for, for feeling that way. So, but if you are isolated, it's easier for the enemy to get you. Do you understand? So, take note get guys around or girls that you can always talk with and they can help you. A guy, don't go and share with a girl. Look. If a girl, don't share with a guy. Yeah. And I just want to encourage us, if you don't have um, any group that you're part of, you can actually create one yeah. from today. Yeah. Okay, so before we go on, I just wanted to read um, 1 Corinthians 6 from verse 12, which is the verse that um, she spoke about, all things are lawful. So I think everyone knows me in this church. I'm not a KJV person. So I wanted to just read it in a language that we can understand. And it says here, just because something is technically legal, doesn't mean that it is spiritually appropriate. It's the Bible, it's not me that said this. <laughs> if I went around doing whatever I thought I could get by with, I'd be a slave to my wines. You know the old saying, first you eat to live and then you live to eat. Well, it may, be, it may be true that the body is only a temporary thing, but that's no excuse for stuffing your body with food or indulging it with sex. Since the, master's, since the master honors you, honors you with a body, Honor him with your body. Please, I have to read that one again. Since the master honors you with a body, honor him with your body. God honored the master's body by raising it from the grave. He will treat yours with the same resurrection power. Until that time, remember that your bodies are created with the same dignity as the master's body. You wouldn't take the master's body off to a whole house, would you? Would you? No. Praise God. 
I should hope not. That's what Paul said. I should hope not. God honored the master's body by raising it from the grave. So he will treat yours with the same resurrection power as well. Um, so it says here that there's more to sex than mere skin to skin, which is what she said. Sex is as much spiritual mystery as physical facts, which is what uh, Minister uh, Mario said. Um, Lasma and uh, FBI. <laughs> Praise God. It says, as written in scripture, two become one since, since we want to become spiritually one with the master, we must not pursue the kind of sex that avoids commitment and intimacy, leaving us more lonely than ever. That's what all this masturbation and all those things do. The kind of sex that can never become one, which is what we also spoke about. So literally, everything is in scripture. And if we struggle with these things, you know, these are things that we should meditate on day and night. That is the only way we will have good success over all these kind of urges, you know. Let's meditate on these things, you know. The, everything is in scripture, just like we're saying here. So I would all just read First Corinthians from six, um, chapter six, twelve to twenty, as we go on in the what, week. What I read message translation. I read message translation. Okay. Um, can we discuss drug and smoking addiction too? Okay, I think before we come here, while we're still talking about sex. So these are the last two questions on sex. For Mrs. Essay, you said you should know your trigger points and set boundaries. So my question is, you, you're not triggered by, are you, are, so basically, are you, are you triggered by hugs or cuddling? If you're not triggered by hugs or cuddling, should you cuddle? And also, let me just say the second question. How did you both deal with urges while you were dating? Okay, so I don't even know how to answer that first question because me, I've not met anybody yet, especially if your emotions are involved. If you're emotionally involved, except you don't like the person. If you like someone, they should just touch you like this. You are gone. Do you understand? Maybe you don't like the person, you're just with people. Yeah, you can have a friendly hug, but I don't know why you're cuddling with a friend. Do you understand? Why are you cuddling or hugging random people? <laughs> so, if you are, if you are cuddling, if, I'm, if we are praying, for instance, and I want to give you a reassuring hug, although I won't even see a man and a woman giving a reassuring hug in prayer, you know, so I'm finding it difficult to understand that scenario. However, because of the person put that question, I'll take that very seriously. And so I'll say that, you know, when you do certain things, you're not just doing it for yourself. So remember what PJ said, that Cuddles and hugs were affecting him. And I'm glad that he was very honest with himself in that way. So when I do certain things, I don't do it just for myself. I'm thinking of the next person too. So it may not affect you, but it may affect the other person. It may, if you're always cuddling, that's what we say to women who are very over-friendly, any small thing you hug. Any, it, hugs may not affect you because as women, maybe not. But for the man, you give him full body hug. Even you, you see the men are responding. Have mercy on your brother. Have mercy. You know, don't always... It may not affect you, but you let the person be thinking for three days. He has to, he has to sanitize his mind for three days. Help a brother, please. I remember when we were in university. Mm, some of us guys, we had, we had friends. We rode together, female friends. So there are one or two of the female friends that there's nothing on their minds. We know that. But sometimes they will just come and hug us. So sometimes we'll go back and say... Ah, you see how that girl hug you? Oh, boy. That one too say, boy, man, you wish your body do me somehow. Meanwhile, in her mind, there's nothing. So that's why she's saying, help a brother. 
please be ladies, be cautious. It's not every time you, it's not everyone you give full hugs to. Even though there's not, for some people, it's actually nothing. For, for guys, it's actually nothing. It's just brotherly love, sisterly love. But just try and avoid. And then for the second question, what the simple advice I'll give to you is get a chaperone. Right? Get a chaperone. So a chaperone is so, so like when we're dating, I had, I ensured that I had guys staying with me. That was even before I met her. Guys staying with me as a form of protection. So I was living in a three-bedroom apartment, but I had my guys. My younger brother was staying with me. Like some of my friends were staying with me just to be able to fend off females, you know, and all of that. Because like they said, you know yourself and you protect yourself. Be militant about it. When we were dating, when she needed to visit, she would have to come with a friend of hers. I, by the way, I visited only twice. So that, I'm yeah. telling you no, how you can't militant you often, would. Yeah. Of course, like I said, if you like the person, you would be. So, Olive, many of us know Olive. Olive was the third wheel. And I'm sure, I'm not saying it out of disrespect, out of love and appreciation to her. So we would, almost all our dates, she went with us. When I would go to his house, I never went alone because I knew that, you know, anything can happen. Even though we are both spiritual people, even spiritual people fall. So that's I said, I don't, don't tempt yourself. Don't go to place, you understand? So, um, you know, in, in, in that, that really helped us. Then accountability as well. Like, I talk about accountability partners very much. So he had his people who he could be honest and vulnerable with. I had mine as well. I had friends I could talk to and be very honest with. So they even they will ask for picture or video evidence. You understand? You know, it seems like, well, are we children? Yes, be a child. I'm a child of God. You know, just do things. And it was just a short time. So at the end of the day. Amazing. Praise God. Okay, so we have a question from the audience. Um, sorry to prolong the issue. You just said something right now before you ended your speech. You said when you were going to his house or when you were going on a date, you had to bring a friend. Now, in a case whereby... The, um, the guy at the other side does not approve. Because now, if well, to go by what you're saying, you're like saying once you're going to visit your um, partner, you should come with a friend. And um, most guys don't like that. Not, 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 is it to visit or dates? For dates, you are in a public place. So I meant it was an intimate. And, and even if you're with someone, the person doesn't have to be in the same place you are. But there's that consciousness of there's someone around okay, you. I, I think you need to clarify because you might read up this, um, 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 this uh, mentality in most okay, of let us. Me, that. Let me, let me just, so also, it's not word for word, right? So we're not, she's not saying copy, you must now. What she's saying is anything that you have to do to avoid temptation. If your own, if for both of them it was bringing a friend and... To the glory of God, a husband approved. So what is your own? Who, what is your own bringing a friend? So you might not approve for your wife, right? For myself and my husband, it was public. We're public place. Do you understand? So whatever it is that will make you run away from temptation, that will be your own bringing a friend. It doesn't have to be you bringing a friend. Okay. So you like, want to say sorry. Something? Like, um, okay. Like... You know, I, I just remembered now. Um, Troy, yes, she's my very, very good friend. I remembered about five years ago, I was 
still staying at um, somewhere at Oniru, and it was a shared apartment. I only had my room. It was a four-bedroom terrace, yes. So I only had my room. I had a common space, like the parlor. We just had chairs and nothing more there. So if anyone is coming to visit, because or if you come into my room, all you see is just a bed and my TV hung on the wall. So I think she came that day, and I, I was a pastor then. No? <laughs> so <laughs> I said, come upstairs. I think it was reflex. So she peeped. She said, Nibo. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. I said, God, I, don't, I didn't even have any um, ulterior motive. Well, you know, I said, come up there. He said, Nibo. He said, PJ, come downstairs, come downstairs, come downstairs, come downstairs. And, you know, as she was saying, come downstairs, she was rushing back to the, um, the living room. So I'm just trying to explain when, um, um, when he said, when Minister Ma 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 Myro said, you must be militant about your life. I remember again last year, all of them said they wanted to come and visit me at home. It was Tokwe Izuloki. And they said, Anu, Elisha, and them, that they were coming. All of a sudden, after two hours, I got a call that they, were, they weren't coming again. I'm sure Anu's mom, I told her, you not go and visit your pastor. It's single. They're not going to his house. You get it? I got the message. You must be militant about it. Don't, it I don't care if it's the geo. If he will put you in a uh, compromising state or position, you must, because you love your destiny more than anything else or more than anyone else, you must just um, quit it. Then if, when I said, choice, come upstairs, and she didn't come, and I'll start making that one a big deal, then you must suspect me yeah. that maybe there's something wrong somewhere. Thank you, PJ. Thank you. Okay, one more question from the audience, and then we go. So we have 15 minutes left. So we'll just use five minutes for parents and five minutes for Nigeria after this question. Praise the Lord. <coughs> Praise the Lord. Praise God. Sorry, we have a question from the audience. This is not a question. <coughs> This is not a question. I'm just trying to chip something in. So, in as much as we will try to be spiritual about the whole thing and pragmatical, it's I think this whole thing is agreement and a mindset with yourself. Because if you tell me I should be around people, stop this whole thing. Or probably when I have a girlfriend and she's coming over, I should come with her friend and go to my room and lock the door. Nobody can come into my room. I can go to the bathroom and lock the door to do whatever it is I want. So I think it's a mindset and an agreement with yourself. Like you have a remote, you use to the Sorry? Like you have a remote, you use in controlling the devil. You don't have a remote to use in controlling our... But what I'm saying is, this person is your partner. You're all... Whether you're, whether you're married or not, you're like one. Your girlfriend is not your partner. 
Yes, I understand. I understand. Yes. I understand. What I'm saying is, the part about bringing people to the house, finding a way to do, if I have it in mind to do what that thing is, I would look for a way. So it's okay, just so let me tell you, where, where you are going to is, eh, you're actually saying what we are saying. Do you understand? Because if you have it in mind to do something, you know that you can go anywhere. You can go to a hotel, you can do, go in, even in public, you can go to toilets, do anything. But you are doing those things, saying for a, you are actually protecting yourself. So if, if not going, not doing that thing that you're uh, saying is, what you are doing is, I, will not, I don't want this to happen. That's why I'm doing this. I know that somebody can come and we'll go inside our room and lock our room, especially if I'm the one paying the rent, Abby. Lock the room and boys will just, you know, if you, if you were in school, like when we were in university, when I was squatting with some boys, if I just come to the room, guy, guy. That is being, that's uh, being uh, equally yoked. Yeah. If you are unequally yoked, one wants to do, and you, you don't want to do, it's not, you may not last. Yeah. You understand? So we are, we are addressing yeah, we're you that you don't want to do it. So you are setting measures. Because you are not going to wake up one day and say, oh yeah, let's marry. You understand? You guys will date. You guys will speak to each other. You will hang out. And so we are saying in all of this, because you love the person, you want to spend time with the person, you are setting boundaries, measures to ensure that you please God. I think just to also say, because I think people are getting it wrong, the question specifically said, what did you do? This is what we did. From the beginning of what we have been speaking about, what we established was know yourself. And we said, we don't, we're not even presenting to you a template that you must do it this way. So if your own method is that, in my mindset, I'm going to do ABC, do it. You don't have to, like um, my medical brother said, that you don't, have to, <laughs> you don't have to have people with you. Not everyone dated like that. Um, Phoebe, says, Phoebe said that she had their own strategy. So I think what we're just trying to push is have a strategy for your life. You and your pers your person you're dating, you can even discuss it. You understand? Be open, discuss it, and, and, and talk about it. So if that doesn't work for you, and you're going to... The fact that you even wanted to go to a place where there were people means that you want to do the right thing. Then why would you now go and lock yourself if you did it to do the right thing? Do you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's your strategy. What, 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 is, what, what, what um, are you putting in place for yourself? Yeah, thank you. I, I, I mean, I like the point that he raised because it starts from the mind, right? It starts from the heart. So I just checked um, Proverbs 4.23 says that above all else, we should guard our hearts for everything we do flows from our hearts. So that's what um, he's also saying that you can put all these structures in place, but if your mind has not been fixed, if you've not said to yourself, I will not do this thing, you know, all these things will not work. But guess what? If you've also told yourself, I will not do this, and you don't put the strategies in place, you might fall. So it's, it's two and so that's why PJ was also saying, to be very honest, that's also one thing that works for myself and my husband. Everybody knows that was in the world and God saved him, hallelujah. <laughs> do you understand? And I told him, I said, I can't do it. And I'm telling you that it's because both of us decided that we will not, and then we did not. 
If it was just me, ha, it would not be the story today. Praise Jesus. <laughs> it was both of us that decided we will not. So you might think that you have a strong mind. If you don't put those strategies in place, you will still fall. You will still fall. So it's, it's two things. Your mind needs to be strong about it and also help yourself continuously. Okay, let's, let's, we have time. PJ, I don't know. Do we, can we take more questions? God has a system already in place to take care of his children. All you need to do is believe and be in his will. So don't run if he hasn't said go. If he says go abroad, go. If he says stay, you better stay. The Israelites, when they were promised a land of, with milk, flowing with milk and honey, what happened? They had to fight and dispossess people from those lands to get those lands. That's the land that God promised Abraham and the Israelites. But they fought to get it. In life, you have, to, you have to fight. So let's fight and let Nigeria begin with you obeying the rules for yourself. So the reason why I don't save numbers of so many church members is because a lot of things happens on my WhatsApp story. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> by at least I can say maybe no more than 10 people in this room see my WhatsApp stories. And because I still want you to see it, actually. So about Nigeria, so I will start with um, um, Phoebe and every one of us. If you let address, and I know this is not the first time you, you hear me say it, if you want to address the president of this country, must, um, as long as he's still the president, whether you like him or you don't like him, you must um, give him the necessary courtesy. His office demands. Are we clear? Yes, sir. So, order Buhari. <laughs> <laughs> then number two, I have a very good friend who is a local government chairman like a very close friend. I'm hoping that when he stands, when he leaves the office, I may become the chairman. Amen. <laughs> so I see him every other day, and um, to be honest, the closer you get to these people, you'll understand a lot of things they go through. So this particular chairman I'm talking about, over... Over 50 people come to see him every day. Over 50 people. And um, one, one part I don't like the most in politics or in public office is that you have to attend to people. You, know, you can come and see me now. You can want to see me after the service now, and I'll tell you that. Let's see on Wednesday. And um, maybe I ask you to do is to change church. But you know, sometimes you are stuck with these guys forever. So they see he sees more than at his level, he sees more than 50 people. Um, and um, and sometimes you see him having some conversations that it's just physically in that room. It's written all over him that his mind is elsewhere completely. 
And then one food for thought this morning, one thing I want us to go home with is that um, different people come. You know, I've told him once, I said it to him once, you are too accessible. I said, me, if I become local government chairman, no. I'll have two convoys, policemen guiding me. The guy doesn't, he just has one policeman. Me, I don't, I don't joke with my life like that, like that, like that. And he said, he said to me, he said, what local government is all about is to be um, government that should be accessible to, to everyone. So it's so accessible, and you see the very people coming, which is where I'm going with this, my long story. Different people come to him. You don't even know what they have. You think some people are wearing belts. You don't even know what they, <laughs> what they have underneath. You don't know with voodoo, with a lot of things facing him. You know, and he has to attend to um, some of these people, to all of these people as much as he can. Now, imagine a president. Imagine number of people, you know, there's something I heard about these forces of when forces are, when forces are against, when forces, when all, some of these wicked people work against, you know, that's why when they tell you to pray in church, pray. These people are willing to sacrifice their mother just to have, to have their way. These people are willing to sacrifice their spouses just to have their way. So I, I so, so sometimes I sit down. I don't agree with a lot of things that the president does. Oh, don't get it wrong, oh, so that he don't stone me this morning. But you know, sometimes I just look at it and say, ah, what if this guy is my father? Different problem everywhere. Um, for mad people, we just sit down somewhere and decide that they are bloodthirsty. They will blame him for it. Some people will, but, and I, I, so I began, the moment I began to see things from that angle, my passion, not anger, began, I began to channel it um, properly. We must make excuses for these people. I think that at least the closest one that me I know is the vice president. I think he was finer before he became the vice president. I think it was, when I say fine, I mean one very easygoing man, gentleman, yeah, with black hair. And if you want to, if they tell you define simplicity, just put Mrs. Dolapo Shibajo. That's definition of simplicity. So I see on her face that if she probably had her way, she probably doesn't even want all that um, attention or or spotlight. Then on your own part, what do you need to do? Um, many of us are so, many of us Nigerians, not treasury people, we are so uncultured that you do things as, we do things as little as you eat gala. If you check, if you, by, by the grace of God, if you check my car, you see my car is my refuse, um, whatever. I will never, Throughout anything. If you've seen me, if GD, has, GD follows me whenever I'm going out to minister on maybe some other engagement, I drive like a madman. But one thing I will never do, I, will n I can drive 180 because I think I can control it. 
I drive that like that, but I will never break traffic lights. And I know we have that conversation, all this. I will never, no matter what, what, what happens, no matter who I know who, or who I think I know, I will never um, jump the traffic light. When the traffic light is red, it's red. When the traffic light is green, we step on it. <laughs> That's the truth. But, you know, these little, little things, they are so important. I, I tell people that, you know, there's something about, um, I think the finest hotel, I'm not advertising for them, in my own view, in Lagos, is Intercontinental. And what will, like, you've heard me say it a lot of times, the, what will make a bushman from Ibadan that's never been to Lagos come to Intercontinental and eat his gala and not drop the nylon on the floor without anybody telling him that he shouldn't drop the nylon on the floor. It's just because of the excellence yeah. in that space. And you can create your space. You can own your territory. You can, your space is, so, is what you make of it, which is where I'm going. If you want to know that Nigerians can be cultured, go to Heathrow. When you get to Heathrow, while you are waiting for passport control, even me, who I feel that my patience level is very low, I do, I, I, you will never find all those gra gra we do in Lagos. Do you know who I am? You say for this straight line, focus. That's where that focus thing started. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody does any. I'm telling you the truth. Nobody does gra gra in those, all those places. And there's nothing so, they didn't have to force it. They didn't have to, I've never seen somebody with, when you come for, when, when you are in those places, you don't see somebody holding guns. Maybe you thought maybe that's the person intimidating you or some, something. Nobody is holding a gun or anything. Yeah. But you just get there, you know that this one is not our Lagos. This one is, we need to respectfully respect ourselves. Yeah. And we can replicate the same thing here. We can replicate the same thing here. We can, and it is very possible. So, the leadership, they have their role to play. We also, and we don't really speak, we don't talk about the roles we have to play. We, we only blame somebody who refused to go to school at 19. You gave up on school. You come out tomorrow and blame Buhari. Whose fault is it? You come back tomorrow and blame the president. You come back tomorrow to blame the governor. Whose fault is it? There is so much help that you can harness all around you. Me, if you don't come, if you come to me now that you want to go to University of Luton, my parents didn't send me to Luton, so I can't raise that money for you. But if it is Unilag, all those places where we can still pay tuition less than a hundred, I'm telling you, I'm. Uh, where we can pay tuition of less than 100,000. We can, the way I talk about these things is this. If I tell you I'm sending you to Luton, University of Luton, where they pay about 15 to 18,000 pounds, you should be smart enough to tell me that, ah, sir, on one condition, if you can pay 18,500 times four into my account, I can die tomorrow when you are in year one. But if you are in Unilag, Jejeli, where they pay 50000 before you reach out to Phoebe, Phoebe, please, 
Easiest money to raise. Can you give me 5K there? Um, non so, can you give me? Before you know it, you've raised 50,000. If you now go back and show Phoebe receipt, now Phoebe, do you even know what I did with the 5K I got from you? She'll be gingered. You won't even have to come the next year. But why a lot of young people drop, are, are still drop, are, are out of school today is that your entire household income is like 150, 200K. And you want to go to University of Luton. God is a miracle working God, but be, be realistic. Some, some of these people who studied abroad, I schooled. Some of us paid for it by ourselves. We worked first. We now, when I went to Australia, I sold my car. I sold everything. When I came back from Australia, fresh boy, no car, no nothing. I was entering bus. There are sometimes I get to some bus, I see some of my friends that have used my sharp blue Corolla to tension before I travel to Australia. I just cover my face gently. And, but I knew it was, it was, that I, I was going through a phase. It wasn't my parents that paid for my school, though. It was serious. Put this here, put this guy, put this together. So, don't drop out of school because you are hoping that um, how much is 15,000 pounds? And God has blessed you and I now. Pounds is now close to 700 to a naira. So, every 10,000 pounds is 7 million. So, if you are on this table that I'm shaking, Quickly go and get jam form. <laughs> Quickly go and get jam form. ASAP and go back to school. Don't blame the government for some of the things you have put yourself through. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all so much. We've gone. We've gone over by, I think, about 50 minutes to one hour. Um, I'm sure you guys would agree with me that this has been one of the best conversation cafes that we've had, right? It's been super amazing. And please, let's just thank our guest. We got two bodyguards. We got two Let's thank our guests. Like, I don't know how we will do it in the Treasure Hill. Maybe Kwaya can help us. But we really, really need to thank them, especially from the bottom of our hearts. We are so grateful. We are so, 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 so grateful. We are so grateful. Thank you so much. And I want us to please stretch forth our hands to them as well. Let's just pray for them. Let's pray for them as a couple, as individuals, in their different spheres of life, their ministry, their workplaces, everything. This is, the theme for this month is total victory. Let's pray that God will give them total victory in every area of their lives, everything that they're believing God for, because they've poured out so much on us. God will also open the clouds, the gates of heavens, and pour down blessings upon their lives. Their home will be called blessed. They will be called blessed. Generations to come will call them blessed in the name of Jesus. Everything that you desire as a couple, as individuals, as ministers, every of your heart desire, our almighty God will grant to you in the name of Jesus. God says that when we declare, I think it is established. So we declare right now that you will have total victory over everything that you're believing God for in the name of Jesus. You look back.
back at this at this day and you will testify in the name of Jesus. Every word that you have spoken on this altar will not be used against you. Your children, your children's children will not struggle with all these things that we have spoken about in Jesus' name. Thank you, Heavenly Father. And God, we give you all the glory. We give you all the glory. Take all the glory. This was not our idea. This was not our agenda. You literally came in and you just took the stage. So we give you all the glory, Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen.